0: You're listening to the Manufacturing Ignition podcast. Keep updated with the latest news, recruitment advice, and hot topics within the UK manufacturing industry. Sponsored by Bonfire
1: Recruitment, helping manufacturing leaders across the UK to attract the best talent for their manufacturing company. Ignite your business or career today by visiting
0: www.bonfirerecruitment.com. Here's your hosts, Terry Mallin and Scott Buchanan. Hello, everyone. And welcome back to the Manufacturing Ignition podcast, hosted, as always, by myself, Terry Mallon, and my co Scott Buchanan. Happy New Year, Scott. Happy New Year, Terry. How you doing? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. Guys, just so everybody knows, Scott had a nice... Uh, luxury two and a half weeks off, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's unheard of in recruitment. Two and a half
1: weeks off. What's that all about? I think that uh, is the first time ever. Maybe one year I can think of, but yeah, that is certainly the first time in a long, long time. And do you know what? I feel like a whole new man. I actually feel younger this year than I did last year, Terry. Is that right? Mm. That's, that's, uh, that's impossible. <laughs> I'm in telling fact. you.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, I feel five years older since I was keeping up to date with all the latest news in manufacturing and manufacturing and running the business as well at the same
1: time. No, And you did and dead in here. Thank you for looking after the stuff in my absence. But uh, look, it's all about 2018. <laughs> What? What's your, what's your, Team, uh, teamwork, Scott. Teamwork. <laughs> Absolutely. What? What's your New Year's resolution, Terry? What have you? What have you agreed do you
0: want on? I don't actually believe in New Year's resolutions. Uh, I find that I, fi- I find I find that all quite hilarious. To be honest with you, don't get me wrong. Actually, do you want to walk? I've got as you know, Scott. I did some some good diaries during the during the the Christmas period. That's actually allows us to put down goals and ambitions for the next sort of. 12 months, and then quarterly, monthly, and weekly, so we can actually keep on planning with what we're doing, etc. So that's probably my new, you know, if I was doing a resolution at any point, it's actually to keep that up to date. Uh, what about
1: yourself? Yeah, well, no, this, this year, as I've been saying to to you and to, 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 coll- well, to colleagues and uh, anyone I'm speaking to, I do feel 2018 is the year of ambition. I, I do think that um, there's a lot of certain things, you know, I've I had a wee baby boy a couple of years ago now, and there's a lot of things happen in that time. Do you know that yeah. way blink and all of a sudden you're two years down the line? I think it's all, all stemming back to actually what, what you're all about and all that stuff. So it's um, tying in with Bonfire as well. It's about growth factors, isn't it? It's about, um, we had a good 2017 and it's about building on that and um, making sure that, that that the growth curve continues.
0: Oh, exactly. And we've got big plans for 2018 as well with, with our podcast and the basis of we're going to get more regular. We're going to get people on, chatting away. We're going to be hosting our uh, hot topics where we'll have individuals on there speaking about who are industry experts in those hot topics and getting them speaking about it just so it's a lot more engaging and uh, yeah. you know There's a lot a- more thoughtful as well on the basis of you know, we're getting really good content out
1: there as well. Yeah. There's only so, so much that people can take of, of your of a Malin voice and a Buchanan voice, Terry, I'm
0: thinking. Oh, 100%, 100%. Um, guys, so for those tuning in for the first time, both Scott and myself have been working within the manufacturing recruitment sector for over 15 years combined. And that's all within management and technical recruitment. And over the past few years, we've been growing our business, which is Bonfire Recruitment, to be a leader and helping manufacturing leaders to recruit the right people for their business across the UK. Uh, this week, what we'll be covering is, as always, is the latest news, and that will be catching up over the past couple of weeks. Um, a specific hot topic on what's in store for the UK manufacturing in 2018, and a recruitment minute will be: Have you thought about succession planning? Which is a, which I think, which I think will be a, will be an intriguing topic actually to talk about because a lot of people kind of leave, you know, leave that to the last minute.
1: Well, yeah, indeed. And it's actually one of the, the main reasons that, well, certainly at the level we're working at, that we, we you know, a lot of our business is, is due to companies maybe not having thought that through over the years. So, yeah, that, that sounds like an interesting piece, Terry. Good idea.
0: Let's crack on with the news then. So, kind of introducing this week's news. The Manufacturing Ignition latest news this week commencing the 8th of January 2018. Scott, what's the latest out
1: there? Well, 2018, it's uh, it's an optimistic year ahead. Um, UK factories um, are looking forward to 2018 despite Brexit concerns. Yeah, global demand and growth in export markets um, are, are high um, to sustain order books. And uh, a poll by the manufacturers organisation, I think we've all heard of EEF, and uh, the insurance firm AIG have found 40% of the companies questioned were planning for growth in 2018. We are 19% were expecting a slight downturn in their business. So,
0: yeah. Mm, that's interesting. That's good. And that's, that's, that's on the back of a lot of people with the worries of the UK's planned exit from the EU. And I think that will obviously, that's going to continue to be a pivotal during 2018, but it's really promising to see that 40% of companies questioned their are planning for growth with that uncertainty there. I think that just speaks volumes
1: itself. I wonder, and I'd love to know the stats in this, I'll try and dig some out around, I wonder how much of, those, of that 40% of those companies, how much of their business is tied in with the EU versus their global piece? Do you know that way? Um I, yeah. I, I wonder if those are the companies that have diversified out across the, the world where they can. Because that's certainly a good here, that's that's good news. It's all all looking pretty positive.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: I think the only concerns
0: that are kind of out there are rising input costs, you know, losing potential staff, you know, who are, who are maybe EU citizens. And obviously with the exchange rate, you know, with that uh, eh, you know, it could go up and down. You know, that's the sort of concerns that are there, especially if you're buying, you know, product, you know, raw materials from uh, out with the UK and euros and whatever else that can have an impact.
1: Yeah. And I think the euro, I don't, I'm just Googling as, as we talk here to see what the exchange rate is at the moment, but I believe it's the lowest it's been in a heck of a long time. Yeah. 0.88 according to this. Yeah. 0.88? Yeah, one one euro equals point. Oh three right.
0: I was to say. Oh I was to say, what what has just happened? <laughs> 1.13, 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's, uh, it's not great, but it's no
1: yeah. Aye, aye, okay. Aye, that's interesting. Okay, so that's that's what we're up against. But um to get over all this, um, you may have had you like your your uh your I'm gonna say barley beer, isn't it you drink, but um there's a cider right. for... At, at Spell, um, bought out by US Giant, which ties in, I guess, with the trend last year as ah, well. Of, yeah.
0: yeah. Of,
1: um, the, the, kind of the, the big companies buying out. Um, so Molson Coors have bought out At It's it's a, it's a name I know. I, I don't drink the stuff, so I can't probably give a decent um, um, taste on it. But uh, I think we've all heard of Molson Coors, so they've always obviously seen potential. I think asphalt volume of cider grew by ten percent in two thousand and sixteen, um, as the UK cider's market total value uh, grew by over twenty five percent between two thousand ten and two thousand fifteen. Well, wow, that's quite a, that's uh, a, quarter, a quarter growth. Well, that's that's and if I'm looking
0: at Scott, I'm looking at us and now the independence saying that basically um so it's sold to most mul- um, most mul- but it was after almost three hundred years of Suffolk family o- ownership. So that's a big, big step for that family. Obviously, it's been in the family for 300 years, probably started with the family, no doubt. Yeah, but it's actually saying here that the family will continue to play a role in the company's future. So I'm guessing there's some sort of agreement being put in place with regards to the sort of equity and share split within the company where, you know, we're actually having... Most and cures on board, you can actually expand that on a global basis, which ties back into what we were saying and in, in the news, in you know, actually expanding globally with regards to export. So I would guess that would be putting two and two together.
1: If you think of what some of the, you know, some of the whiskey firms have done that, haven't they? Whereby it's it's family owned, but is it? Do you know that way? Whereby it's got the, you know, the global, global piece that allows them to go into the market area. So it's really good news. And it, it ties in with what was happening at the, the kind of second half of last year with, with the big companies buying what they want to buy and, and running yeah. with it, you know, across the States or whatever. So
0: all, all positive, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Staying on the food topic, I've seen that um, Irish business Moy Park, who have got facilities, you know, I've got 20 odd factories across the UK and France and Ireland, they're creating 55 new jobs at their uh, 20 million new
1: hatchery that's going to be based in Nottinghamshire. Right, okay, so wow, so that's that, that'll that be all the, the chickens then, I guess, well, chickens and turkeys and... Uh, you've got it, you've got
0: it, so... <laughs> Basically that the hatchery in Nottinghamshire they supply sixty farms across Lincolnshire. So it's about two point five million chicks per week, you know, is what they hatch within within that hatchery, which is a phenomenal amount of chickens when you think about it per week. Two point five million. Yeah, two point five (laughs) million. That's incredible. Just to give you an idea, um, the overall business—if you're looking at this—the overall business produces 5.7 million birds per week, making it one of the largest poultry producers in the UK. You know, so and, and I know for a fact that my parts has been putting in really, you know, a lot of investment because they're going gonna after an aggressive growth strategy. So that's kind of signifies, you know, it's a twenty million pound investment, you know, and uh, so it's a uh, they're not messing
1: about, which is nice to see. Yeah, indeed. And well, um, on on that, and equally, just before, I, I know uh, I don't think we touched on this, but um, do you remember last year, Terry, where I was telling you about the sugar tax going to kick in and the AG bar we're going to adjust their the iron the brew recipe? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah I remember. So remember, you mentioned something
1: headline news. In the last week or so, Iron Brew panic as fans stockpile before recipe change. There you You're go. You're telling me on, you telling are kidding me on.
0: fans are fans are fans of Iron Brew are stockpiling because they're... so when's this recipe change meant to happen?
1: Well, it's it's the the ag bar we're going to well the 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 levy and sugary drink comes into effect in 2018. That there's a petition going on, I think it's called Hands Off Iron Brew, which has attracted already more than 6,000 signatures. That's um, funny. That is funny. Uh, it's,
0: it's one of those ones, Scott, as well. I have seen, I had. I did see that just when you're saying that actually, because it was on. Uh, one of the social media channels, and I know it's quite rife in Scotland where everybody's backing this. You know, don't change well, the sugar,
1: man, bro. It's it's one of them, but I, I mean, it's gone crazy where people are buying, you know, up to like two hundred and fifty cans in their trolley <laughs> because they think the recipe is going to change. <laughs> So, you know, and I know I like it, and I do. Look, there's no two ways about it. I, I, there's no point in drinking the, the non sugary stuff. What's the point in that? But, um, you know, I think that what's happened is the Carbonell Firm has announced last year it was going to cut iron sugar content from about 10 grams per 100 mil to just below 5 grams. Um, and okay. reduce the calorie count from about 140 to about 66 and you know that's part of what, what they're doing but the the drinkers of iron brew are saying they'd rather have they'd rather pay more <laughs> they, they want, they'd rather <laughs> pay more for the sugar so time will tell how that plays out but uh yeah uh, Keep you
0: posted. just shows you don't just shows you how are power of social media and all this good stuff these days
1: it's, uh, uh, does make but me laugh. It's, it's an iconic drink, isn't it? It's just one of those ones, how can you change the recipe? But uh, um, I'm definitely. sure Coca-Cola's done it. I'm sure Pepsi-Cola's done it. I'm sure all the big boys have done it. So. Yeah, exactly.
0: exactly. I thought I thought we'd finish up the news, Scott, this week because it is the start of 2018 to go through some uh, three or four sort of key events that's going to be happening. Okay, yeah. conference So first one, Advanced Manufacturing Conference, which is going to be held on the 5th to the 7th of June at the NEC in Birmingham. Now, the Advanced Manufacturing Conference, it's a show that exhibits sort of cutting edge manufacturing to uh, production professionals. It's a dedicated event for buyers, so they'll be able to benchmark the latest manufacturing technology in the market. And it allows people to make sure that they're making the right investments, ask the right questions, and uh, and really get a sort of uh, hands-on on the actual products or whatever it is they might be interested in. So sort of key sectors that would be of interest would be for the automotive, aerospace, electronics, materials, energy, rail, oil and gas, defence and security sectors. Mm-hmm. And further information, you find further information
1: at manufacturing show dot co uk yeah I think that's the big one isn't it that's uh, the the big one down the road so th- that's at the NEC that one isn't it
0: yeah I think it's for well it's for key decision makers across manufacturing you know that's that's the sort of you know type of people that are looking to go to that one but yeah the you know that is at the NEC and it's over two days so it seems quite a big one next one so the the manufacturing management show and uh, which myself and Scott will be getting to which is on the November two thousand and eighteen and that's at the Rioch Arena in Coventry, which is a well-known venue for for holding manufacturing events. So the Manufacturing Management Show is the only UK event to bring everything you need to know about running a successful manufacturing (laughs) site under one roof, and that's covering maintenance, materials handling, continuous improvement, other management skills. (coughs) So who that would be of interest to you, manufacturing managers basically across automotive, aerospace, electronics, materials, Packaging, energy, defence, security, and pharma and bio. Yeah, um, quite, quite diverse. It's good.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Scott, but have you you got two from the research?
1: Yeah. So, well, just the the, the website for that one was the Manufacturing Management Show um, www. Do we say www? Dot? I don't know if we do that anymore, but it, it is that ww.manufact manufacturing management show.co.uk. Maybe maybe I've had too much shine brew this morning. I don't know. Um Okay, well, it's certainly explain the coffin. TCT show is on the twenty fifth to the twenty-fifth of September. That's at the the, the 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 NEC in Birmingham as well. The TCT show is the one of the world's leading events dedicated to something uh, that Terry enjoys looking at, which is a 3D printing technology. TCT is dedicated to accelerating the adoption of 3D technology in whatever guys they take, be that software, inspection or metrology, um, or simply um, new and innovative takes on conventional manufacturing techniques such as molding, tooling and machining. So that one there, I think that's dot uh, tctshow.com um, and that's on the 25th to 27th of September. Terry, that's maybe one we should also go to, because that does seem that's one of those ones where it will be, I guess, cutting-edge technology, which is, is is up our street, isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. That that would be of interest, I think. Um, I think we should certainly pencil us, pencil ourselves down for that one, Scott.
1: And then, uh, actually, we need to, I don't know whether you're about on the 16th of April, Terry, but there's a what's this one it's a Foodex is on and Foodex 2018 gave mm-hmm. premier trade event food and drink processing packaging and logistic industries so that's that's on the yeah it's a, a,
0: a, it's a big event it's a, it's a good one to go to it's nicely placed in April as well so you know um, just after Easter I think that one will be I don't know when's Easter this year I'm guessing it'll be like, sort of first week in April Pass it, why do they keep changing that one <laughs> <laughs> Easter 2018 dates, let's see, Easter this year is on Sunday the 1st of April, yep, so it's after, so it'll be after that, so, you know, businesses should be a wee bit quieter, all that good stuff, Um, so if you do get a chance to make your way down there, it's NEC in Birmingham for FoodX 2018 on the
1: 16th of April. And where's the best place to get tickets for that one, Terry? Is that the, I'm wondering, I've got a couple of addresses here. So let, I think the easiest is probably the www.foodmanufacture.co.uk forward slash events, or yeah. Um. there's a one at the Manufacturing Trade Shows UK 2018. If you Google that, that should come up as well. Um, so that's the yeah. 16th of April.
0: So that's the latest news this week, Scott. Will we crack on with the hot topic?
1: Let's crack on, Terry.
0: Let's do that. Okay. Okay, so in this episode of the Manufacturing ignition Hot Topic, we're going to discuss what's in store for UK manufacturing in 2018. So Scott, obviously, when we were going through the last episodes that we've been discussing, it's had a, you know, UK manufacturing's had a really positive end to 2017. We mentioned that the PMI in November was at its highest level in four years. And with that November PMI result, it continues to illustrate the momentum currently surrounding the UK manufacturing industry. And I think, you know, we've been, what's the best word for it? We've been steering on the basis of actual people and business leaders to start looking into, if they've not already, opportunities around there with smarter technology for their manufacturing site. And I think it's very important that actually during 2018, that people do you know, even read, you know, having a read, if you get a the chance, the, the Made Smarter review, um, which is a part of the government's broader industrial strategy, and actually putting a plan in place where actually you're looking at opportunities and how to be far more productive, putting automation in, you know, taking advantage of systems that allow the you know, machinery to communicate and actually operate more more effectively. And that's all with the challenges as well and the uncertainty of our BRITX and recruitment and skills shortages. What's your thoughts on that, Scott?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think you're, you're, you're making sense, Terry. And I think one of the things that, that certainly has come to the fore of pretty much all manufacturing organisations that we've been working with in 2017 is that the ones that have, I guess, not embraced the change, do you know, that way maybe not embraced, um, whether it's continuous improvement or actually reviewing what product they're bringing to market or, you know, against their competition, they're getting left behind. Do you know that way? And and I think that what companies are now realising is the ones that have certainly done it have realised what a massive difference has happened and they're actually keen to embrace more. Do you know that way? Um, so that the, they're actually ahead of the curve rather than, um, you know, slightly half up or at the bottom of it, which is not where you want to be. Um, if you if you think of you know the, the companies that have been doing you know things, I mean, there's been we we hear actually certainly in Scotland, and I know certainly down in Wales actually as well, there's been some major ones where um, there's been redundancies announced in certain organisations, but actually. What has happened is there there's then been new jobs created because actually the sector that the companies are looking at is just adjusted, yep. you know, that way. So, although their there skills may be not required at that point in time, new skills will be required, and actually the volume of new skills required is actually greater than what was there previously um, and paying better yep. as well, Do you know, that way. So, I think it's all about looking forward. Well, exactly,
0: and, and looking at companies that invested in 2017, so in the automotive. Manufacturing space. You've got Toyota who've invested two hundred forty million into its Derbyshire site. You've got Aston Martin who are taking ownership of its second UK production plant in South Wales, which is a great investment actually in South Wales. Do you know that? Um, because there's great skill sets down there, and you know that, and that's part of two hundred million that Aston Martin's investing in new products and facilities. And uh, Scott, if you remember rightly, I was mentioning about Aston bringing out their I think it's their first electric car. That's Um, right, yeah. I can't, what was it called again? Like the Type X or something? Or the Type R? I can't remember. But yeah, I, I, I mean, Aston Martin's doing great things. You know, they're looking to create 750 direct jobs you know from this 200 million investment and then a further 3000 across the supply chain due to uh, that investment they're making
1: and they will um, you know we we've we've you know it's a company that we, we know well and certainly the, the 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 challenge that I guess companies like Aston and McLaren and maybe like Dyson as well whereby that what they're because they're leading the technology do you know that way they're they're leading the way they they are sometimes struggle or constantly struggle to attract. but not, not it's not the attraction. It's trying to identify the skills required to allow you know to to allow these investment programs to happen. So what these companies tend to do is invest heavily in graduate programs and you know developing or um, cross you know skilling folks so that they can actually yeah. do all these things. Which again is is fantastic. Do you know that way? It's, it's it's all positive.
0: Exactly. And then tying into the automation piece. Global Industrial Robot Manufacturer, Fanuc, they're relocating their new headquarters, so that's going to comprise of, you know, uh, design, manufacturing and a training facility, as well as a showroom for obviously the robotics as well, so you know they're clearly making an
1: investment into. That's massive. But if they're if they're yeah. doing that, that's incredible because they are absolutely one of the world's leading, um, you know, in automation type. Well, I, I know them from robots and so on, but certainly they are the the leader in in their their area. And it seems like a massive site as well, isn't it? It's massive. It's 107,000
0: 107, square feet. I think <laughs> in the building is. So oh, it gives you an idea. So, so, so that kind of gives an idea. So, two thousand seventeen. Very positive at the back end for manufacturing. A really good, a really good growth year with uh, with all the uncertainties that are going along as well. So what what is two thousand and eighteen going to have in store,
1: Scott? Two thousand eighteen, um, you know, it's 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 a year of challenge, I guess. There, I think one of the things that's happening is tying in with last year. It's it's about the continued growth factor. So investment in connectivity and technology is going to increase. And you know, the factors of foreign exchange rates and raw materials are going to kick in as well. So it's 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 making sure that but you know that your business is is aligned to being in the right side of the, of these 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 things as well. So it's certainly something to to be thinking about.
0: Yeah, of course. I and I think I think when you were mentioning about being a more challenging year, I think that's due to you know as you kind of touched on there you know what's the exchange rate's going to be like you know what's the cost of form you know raw materials as well that's right. where the challenge is going to be and actually managing cash flow as well to be able to invest in connectivity and technology yeah. and we- to allow you to be far more productive. I think that that's that's the core of what the challenge is expected to be. And then that'll tie in as well you know how friendly investors or banks or funding is going to be available as well and and then off the back of that as well, who's willing to take the risk and uh, kind of put their neck in the line to make that investment to then capitalise on the opportunities that are there with the likes of these robotic manufacturers and uh, et cetera. You know? yeah.
1: um, well, I think one of the, I mean, we touched on the Euro and the Brexit scenario is what it is, but I think it's it's the, you know, trying to identify the new market opportunities do you know that way so is it south america is it is it asia do you know for the given products and there'll be no right or wrong answer for you know across the board It will be you know depending on the market segment that you know your manufacturing organization is, is trying to tie into but i do wonder whether it's it's now more prudent than ever to have you know a good financial director or certainly someone keeping an eye on that the cost factors on a global basis do you know that way so that you're you're buying your raw material at the right time and and you know you've got the product going out at the you know to the right Markets and so on. That's certainly something that I should will, will certainly be at the fore. Yeah,
0: and and a hundred percent. And I think actually, yeah, you know, to make sure that two thousand and eighteen is you know a strong start to the to the year, which is obviously off the back of last year. We need to make sure that the manufacturing companies have got their investment intentions all set all set out, and that ties in with what you're saying is having a good FD. And that's working that out and investing in the right areas that's going to allow them to boost their productivity and remain competitive in a global market there's no question about that
1: yeah and look i I think it's it's so easy on a day-to-day basis isn't it to 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 think about you know well we, we did you know x number last month let's do this you know let's try and beat it this month or this time last year you know let's let's try and beat that but actually you know i think Thinking outside the box, you know, especially at the you know the, the the levels that we work at, I think is is so important and is so easy to forget about as well. To allow you know the the ideas that that we'll touch on, you know, such as you know, I think you were going to talk about you know the the innovation piece and and, and what what companies yeah. are, are looking at. So
0: and given a wee bit of more of a broader perspective and into what's in store for UK manufacturing in 2018. Um, so a lot of investment in... Science, research and innovation, I think, will come uh, from reading uh, articles online. Developing skills with insights as well. Uh, Scott, we've touched on in the past podcast as well about STEM and, and introducing that into schools and, and encouraging young uh, people to be interested in manufacturing. So, so with that in mind, a lot of these people might not necessarily go to university or college and might just start their career uh within manufacturing so actually developing those skills internally and providing the necessary training and support to um well, to give these to, uh, to, uh, do, do you know what, to give
1: opportunities. Do, do you know what Terry? Do you, and I, I don't know if this ties in with stats, but certainly based on what I'm seeing, the companies that we were working with last year, certainly there was a change. There was, companies were beginning to um invest in developing their staff seriously, you know, so supporting through universities, you know, to get their MBAs um and, and further down the chain as well. So that actually that that you know that that the it ties in with I guess engaging your employee, doesn't it? Whereby they, they feel the investment and, and it'll do you a good job. But certainly companies are now embracing that and that is definitely going to help everyone, I would have thought.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and I think for everything to take into place as well, you know, the I think, from a government perspective, has actually been you know for for there to be a complete overhaul uh, and review process of you know like the transport networks, you know utilities, energy, you know digital being the sort of speed of internet and all that good stuff. I know there's a lot of incentives and initiatives out there, but it's actually for businesses to take advantage of that as well and make sure everything's set up for potential future growth
1: to make sure that there's
0: no hindered
1: or interrupted at all? Look, I think we, and you know my thoughts and the, the political structure um, that we all have to enjoy in this com- in this country, but when you do travel um, abroad, you see what it can be like, do you know that way? And actually, you know, we, we've all experienced it. Uh, it's normally, typically in a, a rainy, snowy, you know, morning, um, whereby you can't get from A to B for whatever reason. Or that the you know the cost of gas or electricity is is got incredible, and I think being able to to be able to control that and actually have, it's all very well companies coming to the UK to invest in the UK, but actually they are they are going to look at the running costs as well, um, and actually having something that that you know the infrastructure in there to allow that to happen. And don't get me wrong, you know what the HS2 project and the you know the new the Hinkley power station and so on, that's all going to kick in. I think it's 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 then tying in with the, the supply chain into these areas, do you know that way? Um to allow manufacturing to take advantage of it is, is 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 critical, I would have thought.
0: Focusing and building on where the UK as a nation is very strong and a competitive advantage compared to a global scale. You know, you've got industries such as automotive, as we've touched on, aerospace, pharmaceutical, you know, where You know, the UK is leading with regards to battery technology, autonomous vehicles, as we've discussed in podcast one, a way back uh, two and a half months ago. You know, and actually promote that and build on that and, and, and continue to be a sort of world leader within these sort of <laughs> sectors as well as building up in other areas as well.
1: Do you know, I think the point here is, but actually you cannot, we cannot look at the, the manufacturing marketplace now as the UK or Europe, can we? It's It's got to be, you know, bigger because that is where we're competing. Do you know, that way we're up against other countries across the world who can transport their goods to the UK you know, cost-effectively now. So I think we've got to make sure our manufacturing organisations are in a, a strong position or a competitive position. That's the point, isn't it? It's a competitive position um, to make sure that, that they can get their goods um, or services to the to the, the market areas and and having the the, the 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 staffing capability to allow this to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I think summarising all that up, Scott. So 2018 should be a year about driving growth across the entire UK manufacturing market. Making sure that we're building on particular strengths in, in different places and addressing those factors that are possibly hampering growth. And making sure that you know there is a plan for investment in key infrastructure projects, increasing local skill levels and backing regional innovation strengths. Totally agree. I think we'll wrap that up we'll wrap the hot topic up there, Scott. So we'll move on to recruitment man. So in this episode of the Manufacturing Ignition Recruitment Advice, we're going to discuss have you thought about succession planning? What are you thinking, Scott?
1: As in, you know, a succession? Well, I've thought certainly about it for for the office. Um, I I think (laughs) um, Kevin and Baxter probably should uh, play in the same room together.
0: (laughs) For those tuning in for the first time, Kevin and Baxter are, uh, unfortunately, myself and Scott's uh, dogs that we have uh, in the office, which is... uh,
1: We tried it once, didn't we? We tried to get them in the same same room together, but um, yeah... it was a whirlwind experience, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, it was, it was, and I don't think either of them were that happy. But from a succession planning perspective within, you know, businesses, I mean, j- just think of the number of rules we looked at last year. And the, one of the, you know, one of the questions that we'll always ask is, you know, the reason behind what, what's going on. And um, what, what we, you know, when we looked at the, you know, the, the if if you look at what we've done, the majority of them are actually due to the business itself not having thought this through, Do you know, the reason for the vacancy far enough in front. So therefore they need to, you know, hire external help. Now it's it's great for us and, and you know companies like us, but actually if the you know the company has actually planned out, you know, a strategy, you know, a three year, five year strategy, whatever it is, then you know, people like ourselves probably wouldn't be getting as much business. Um, so I, I, I guess it's kind of a it's a double-edged sword for us, Terry. I don't know how much depth we want to give in this one. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, yeah I, th- I
0: think I think you know I think the first first protocol is you know kind of what is succession planning because we kind of take it for granted that everyone knows what succession planning is. But the reality is probably you know it's it's, it's not as, it's not as commonly known. I think within the bigger companies and the more proactive companies are certainly take advantage of succession planning. So to, just to give you the sort of Google terminology for what succession planning is. So succession planning is a process for identifying and developing new leaders who can replace old leaders when they leave, die, or retire. I think retire comes before die, though. So before they leave, retire, or die, you know? So succession planning increases the availability of experienced and capable employees that are prepared to assume these roles as they become available. So what it kind of creates within your organisation is a pipeline of talent that should your star employee, your you know your star commercial director, your star finance director, whatever it might be, if something unfortunate had to happen to that individual, you as a business wouldn't be left exposed, but you would have someone that could slot in to that position as required. And from a, you know, we'll go through a couple of bullet points, but from a, from a business point of view, that is a great thing because what it actually promotes is really good behaviours within the company. And actually people see a career
1: rather than it just being a job. And I think also there's a, there's an, what that also tying in with that, Terry, is there's, there's an element of culture, stroke ethos. That the company, you know, you, you have, you know, let's call it a bonfire employee, Do you know, that way there's certain qualities and there's certain training, there's certain focus points that that, that we want in the organisation. Do you know that way? And that will actually naturally come through, through the, you know, through the methodology of, of succession planning as well, which means that actually the customer on the other side of the fence is actually seeing consistency available in what's happening, you know, inside the, the manufacturing organisation.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, And and to give you an idea, you know, a perfect example is my uh, stepdad, who's um, who's been a successful businessman for 30 odd years. Now, he's got retirement on the horizon, but no one that can take up the mantle at the minute. And he's kind of in a situation where he's kind of left it to the last minute. You know, he'll need to get someone quick. He'll need to train them up quick. And then, you know, because this is more about years rather than months to do yeah um so yeah you know it's important that, that that that's at the front of mind to kind of go through a couple of sort of key points in with the benefit of succession plan so it's a great opportunity for existing employees to see a clear path uh and it maintains you know increases skill sets and uh, ensuring that they get the right and the best fit for for their business um or for your business should i say uh any other bullet points scott
1: what you're saying is, is exactly the point of you've got to identify, I think the important factor is whether you're retiring and getting hit by a bus or, you know, it's important to identify who's important within your business. Do you know that way? And then who have you got or what process have you got behind that if, you know, you know something bad was to happen for whatever reason? And I think by doing that, it's, it's naturally going to come through. But you know, g- g- greater understanding of the business, you know, finding future l- leaders allows the, you know, the, the the strength in numbers, you know, of the workforce to come out as well. Um, and it also, it could well mean as well that, you know, the weaknesses are, are shown as well, which some companies don't necessarily want to see, which can't be ideal. But, um, you know, look, see, see the end of the day, Terry, see if all organisations you know, the, the future planning piece. So in an ideal world, what you would have is you would have, you know, a working manufacturing business, you would have a graduate program, you would have an apprentice program, and you know the the the, the natural growth factors would kick in, and people themselves wouldn't wouldn't be in a job. Do you know that way? But but what tends to happen is, and I think it's fair to say, to a point that you know the companies that don't have a significant um, strategy behind all this you know, I really, you know, do need to, to hire external help to, to allow, you know, their business to, to do what's doing there. Or that the culture, you know, that, that that particular company is maybe not investing in their staff as much as they maybe should. Do you know that way? Which, again, would help from a succession planning perspective. So um, maybe maybe I'm, I'm talking out of tongue here. It's not like me, but, um, yeah, I think um, succession planning in 2018 is more important than ever. Because at the end of the day, it's it's the future of your business, and just as likely, uh, you know, along the lines of, and actually, Terry, just think this through, you know, the succession planning, and again, maybe I shouldn't say this, but should it be a person? Do you know that way, if there's a, you know, as an automated process, it could kick in. You know, should that be an alternative, or at least considered as well? I don't know.
0: Yeah, uh, I think it. I think it is. Uh... I think it, you know, for a person, it has to be a personal perspective on the basis Yeah, actually the person that's, you know, so th- this doesn't need to be someone that owns a business or that. It can actually be someone, you know, who heads up a department, who heads up a team, well, that's can, uh, this can
1: be at any level. That's what I was thinking of. But I mean, I've even last year, you know, I was working around manufacturing businesses within engineering and and you know that their quality department, for example, was, you know, twenty heads, you know, looking at, you know, piece you know, pieces of metal. Do you know that way? And I'm thinking, you know, that that's that's all very fair and good and that's good for the people doing that. But actually, surely, you know, the the modern, you know, the, you know, scanning facility, you know, making sure the metrology is good on, the piece of metal will actually do a better job, do it quicker and more consistent. Do you know that way? So, there's yeah. oh, yeah. these things kind of kick in as well, Terry?
0: Um, and I think, you know, it ensures peace of mind for the people who who have got that planning in place, saving you know, time and money during that process. It's one of the most important aspects of a leader's role within their business. So, you know, it's definitely... If you if you if you haven't got something in place, then certainly I'll be looking at you know looking into that and actually looking at how you can start it. It can be a long process, but a very very worthwhile one. And you know certainly with talent shortages that are out there, you know you'll certainly not have that anymore yeah.
1: anyway. That's the point, Terry. It's not a one-minute, you know, it's not just a one-minute job. That's the task done. Do you know, that way it really is. It's it's part of, isn't it? It's part of the company. It should be instilled as part of the, the company's, you know, ethos or, or vision within it.
0: Well, that's good, Scott. I think we'll close off there. So uh, that is that has come to the end of podcast 10. Wow. And I know, I know. And then we'll, what we'll be doing is we'll be posting up this main episode Which will be roughly about forty-five minutes long, and we'll break it up into three bite-sized chunks as well, which includes the latest news, the hot topic, and the recruitment advice. Scott, how how did you find it with your first first episode back? It's it's good
1: to be uh, yeah, feeling feeling much more energised, refreshed, ready to go. And um, I was I'll give you my holiday request form um, in the next you know once we're off air. I'm thinking about taking off February if that's all right. I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> right, okay, good <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Good, man. I, I think it's your time to, to swap I'll, that. I'll, uh,
0: I'll look forward to you your, 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 your been a co hosting <laughs> on the, the four episodes in February, Scott. I think I've been in all these for like six months for you. I wouldn't I put other
1: people through that.
0: Could you imagine? <laughs> uh, anyway. So, anyway, right. Thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate it. Any feedback, please pop us an email, which is terry at recruitment.com or scott at bonfirerecruitment.com.